Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This victory episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. As a true football fan, you already know that every weekend your favorite gridiron warriors put their skills to the test So why aren't you doing the same? We are more than three quarters of the way through the NFL season. So now is the time to get off the sideline and get back into the game with MyBookie. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all of your pro and college football action every weekend. They always have the most up-to-date lines and the most prop bets of any sports book on the planet. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and do it with the best at MyBookie. Best part is, if you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right. If you put in 500, they give you 500. That's double your initial deposit so that you can use it on all your favorite picks. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today where you play, you win, you get paid. And here we are, and we've... We're, we're, we're three games in a row, and we finally beat a team worth talking about. But there is a problem with this victory, and I promise you it has almost nothing to do with the Bears. It's the Week 14 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. Let's get to it. Three months to the day since our beloved kicked off the season on Thursday night football against the Packers, they returned to Soldier Field only this time with a glorious victory against the Dallas Cowboys uh, to kick off the month of December, the last four weeks of the season. What's going on, everybody? Larity back with a victory episode of the Week 14 review of the Bears Talk Underground. Uh, hope everyone's enjoying the weekend. Uh, I know tomorrow is going to suck with another uh, bearless Sunday afternoon of football. Uh, I guess there are some good games on slate, but who really cares uh, when the Bears aren't playing? I mean, especially after the way the Bears played on Thursday night, I wish there was a Bears game tomorrow. I really do. I w- I'm not actually dreading the Bears playing Green Bay next Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Now, maybe I'm setting myself up for a big fall, just like we did week one when we could not wait for the Bears and Packers to play. Um, but, um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to go out there and brashly say, I'm convinced now the bears have gotten it together. They figured it out. They're going to the playoffs. All I can say is this team is playing well. We have momentum. We have a good win against a better football team, uh, better than the two teams that we played to get to 500. We actually beat a team that's first place in its division. If the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs and is not playing up to its potential, very much like the Bears. And we talked about that with our friend Joe Rodriguez from the Frisco Report on the preview episode 
where both our rosters are far too talented to be in the spot that they're in. But for one reason or another, this is the spot that they're in right now. And the Bears were able to be the ones that were the better team on Thursday by a mile. Don't let that 31-24 final score fool you. The Bears were way better than the Cowboys on Thursday for sure. A lot of garbage time uh, points thrown in by the Cowboys there uh, at the end. So anyway, I mentioned in the open there's a problem with this victory. And let me, of course, ease your minds right away. The problem isn't the Chicago Bears. The problem is the fact that because it's the Dallas Cowboys and there's this Cowboy bias or love fest or whatever the hell you want to call it because of America's team and Jerry Jones and all the rest of that stuff, every national podcast that I've listened to uh, over the last uh, couple of days talking about this game talk more about how the cowboy like this was something that happened to the cowboys rather than praising the bears for their performance or or talking about how well trubisky played or how well the defense stepped up with noah keem hicks we lost roquan smith we lost roy robertson harris uh no prince of mukamura was out there danny trevathan wasn't playing so we were playing with like our third fourth and fifth inside linebackers at one point uh we got an undrafted uh free agent out there and kevin tolliver starting as our backup cornerback and still until the garbage points rolled in in the fourth quarter the cowboys scored 17 points uh in the fourth quarter to make it look like a much closer ball game than it actually was but going into the fourth quarter i mean the cowboys after a 17 play opening drive didn't get another first down until like midway into the third quarter. We shut them down after that opening drive and then rattled off like 24 straight points before the Cowboys finally hit the scoreboard again. So, I mean, the Bears thoroughly dominated the Cowboys. It was an outstanding performance for them. It was really, really great to see. For the the first time, the Bears come out there and handle their business. And it's like, you know, for anyone who's following me on Twitter, at BTU underscore Larry on Twitter, um, I said at one point, it's like, you know, I was like, I hate to sound like a dick. And I think I even mentioned this in the Bears and the knee jerk reactions as well. It's like, I hate to sound like a dick, but we actually look like we watched film. We actually looked like we practiced and prepared for this game because the Bears were sharp. We were sharp. We were out there. We're executing those godforsaken bubble screens that that we run. They were blocked and Anthony Miller scored a touchdown off of one of them uh, and everything else. It's like, I, you know. The Bears looked prepared. They looked ready for the Cowboys. It was amazing uh, the way that they uh, the way that they responded and, and came out and played that ball game uh, on Thursday. Literally three months to the day, September fifth, we kick things off against the Packers. December fifth, we put a whooping on the Cowboys on, on national TV. So I mean, it was uh, it was a good thing to see. We improve. We finished the NFC East schedule three and one this year. So how about that? We beat the, everyone except the stinking Eagles. And God knows if we had an extra quarter, we probably could have won that game. Or at least if we had shown up in the first half at all, we probably could have beaten uh, the Eagles because that's a, that's a loss that gets worse the further we get away from it. Same as the, the Chargers as well. That, those are two bad losses uh, on the schedule. We're better than both of those teams right here, right now. If we played those games again, I have no doubt the Bears would thermally dominate both of those games. But um, anyway, let's get into the knee-jerk reaction so we can kind of go uh, step-by-step here. First quarter did not start out all that great, as you, as I mentioned. 17 play, almost a nine-minute drive 
uh, for the Cowboys, took the opening kickoff, just drove it right down the field. It looked like it was going to be a long night for the Bears. There were four or five third down conversions and it just seemed like every third down was longer than the one before it it's like for, they got one on third and one then it was third and four then we had third and nine and third and 11 and you know and all that kind of stuff finally capped off by the zeke elliott uh touchdown but you can also kind of hear the bears came back and we almost scored on our opening possession so let's wait and see what happens it might not be the sky is falling moment just yet <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears and Cowboys. And so much for getting off to a slow start with the Cowboys because they went on a 17-play, 8-minute... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 57-second drive that ended in a two-yard run from Ezekiel Elliott to take a 7 to nothing lead. Uh, the defense choked on five, count them, five third-down opportunities against the Cowboys. So we gave up five third-down conversions on that first drive that resulted in a touchdown. So fantastic start from the defense. And what we thought was going to be a tit-for-tat because Mitch comes out, is running the ball on the Cowboys. J.P. Holtz, from, for some reason, is catching passes uh, for us. The Bears are moving the ball downfield with ease. And then for some reason, Mitch tries to, I don't know if he was trying to throw it away and didn't put enough on it or if he really was trying to hit Anthony Miller in the corner of the end zone. Either way. It was a terrible decision, and it got picked off at the one-yard line, ending a very promising opening drive for the Bears. Uh, We were able to shut down the Cowboys three and out on the ensuing drive and ended the uh, quarter uh, with a David Montgomery run for about five or six yards there on first down. So it's obviously not an ideal start, especially for such an important game, but if the first drive on offense is any indication, we're going to be able to move the ball tonight. It's just a matter of whether or not this defense, defense, if this offense is going to be able to close. And uh, we'll see if the, the, the defense can uh, can buckle down and, uh, you know, get get back with the Cowboys and, and make them back to the slow starters that they're supposed to be as opposed to just let them rattle off the yards and put it in the end zone. So... We'll see how the rest of this goes. I'm not pessimistic at the moment. And, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll see. 
So a little bit of irritation in my voice just because, you know, we, we, we pissed away our opportunity there on the opening drive with, with Mitch throwing that ball. And, and when I look at it, I, I honestly still can't decide if it was just a lousy attempt at to throw the football away or if it was him really trying to laser that in to Anthony Miller in the back of uh, the end zone. Either way, the defensive back made an outstanding play, had to do the um, – it was initially called an incomplete pass because they didn't think he got both feet in, but they had to go back and, and review it. And sure enough, he got one foot down and did the toe drag for the other one. Uh, so it ended up being an outstanding play by the defensive back. Either way, regardless of Mitch, regardless of what Mitch was trying to do, uh, it do, it ended up being a bad decision, hindsight and and all that, because it got picked off. So whatever he was trying to do, it was the wrong thing, and it cost us uh, the at least three points uh, being put on the board uh, at that point uh, in the game. But like I said, uh, you know, going into that, it was uh, you know it just didn't look good. The defense gave up all those third down. Uh, conversion so many opportunities to get the Cowboys off the field and we let them you know get past it on on every uh, on every on every opportunity uh, there and and let them finish off the drive with a with a run from uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, to take an early lead and like I said so much for being slow starters that's all Joe could talk about uh, on the preview episode was that you know they 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 start out slow and then they just uh, they don't and then they come back at the end, which is actually exactly what happens when you think about it. Uh, aside from them putting their first drive on the game, it was actually a mirror image of the game they played against Buffalo. They came out in the first possession of the game on Thanksgiving against the Bills. They score a touchdown on the first drive and then Buffalo rattled off like 26 straight before the Cowboys scored another point. And that's exactly what happened here. And it got underway in the same way that it did against Buffalo. The second quarter, boom, the Bears offense uh, discovers life, uh, takes advantage of every opportunity the Cowboys afford us, including putting a touchdown on the board with two minutes, with less than two minutes to go in the half, knowing that we're getting the ball back in the third quarter. So, you know, the, the, you, you hear that, that, that slight bit of annoyance in my voice after the first quarter just kind of being irritated with the way that we gave up that that long drive and every opportunity we had to get them off the field we we let them keep going and move the chains and so on changes dramatically when I talk about the second quarter and how the Bears put up 17 against a top 10 defense (laughs) knee-jerk reaction second quarter Bears Cowboys and boy we closed the deal baby we got after it in the second quarter. Not only did we move the chains again, we finished off some drives. Two touchdowns and a field goal. 17 points from our beloved. Give us a 17-7 lead at halftime. I don't even recognize these guys, man. This is the number eight defense in the NFL, and we are stomping a mud hole in their ass right now. David Montgomery is breaking tackles. Anthony Miller's doing things. A-Rob's got two touchdown catches. You know, and it's the J.P. Holtz show out there somehow. I don't know what the hell's going on, you know. couple of notes, though. We are losing guys left and right in this game. Somehow we're dominating. Uh, Roquan Smith is out of the game with a pectoral injury of some kind. Javon Wims uh, just went down on the last drive there. Uh, they went... Back-to-back plays, they try to get one over 
over the top with with Jalen Smith covering him. And on the sec, the first one, he I honestly I feel that uh, Wim should have caught the first one. But on second down, uh, he doesn't come down with it, and then he either landed funny on this on his right leg when he came down, or the injury occurred when Jalen Smith fell on top of it. If uh, you remember how Roy Robertson Harris hurt Aaron Rodgers week one last year, maybe that's what happened. Either way, it was his right leg. He was writhing on the field, grabbing his knee the whole nine yards. He walked off the field under his own power, so that's, I guess, some positive. But uh, the only positive in that note, I guess, is that it means we'll probably see more Riley Ridley uh, in the second half. But uh, the good news is, you know, after that opening drive, we've pretty much held the Cowboys in check, uh, even though the, none of the calls are going the Bears' way. Uh, the Bears had to settle for a field goal on that second drive uh, because, A, they called Javon Wims for a bogus uh, block-in-the-back penalty and missed a blatant face mask on the Cowboys on Anthony Miller, who made a great catch about four, year, four yards short of the chains and then fought his way to a first down and had his face mask grabbed as he was being taken down. They didn't catch that, but they saw the... Uh, the half-ass attempt at uh, Javon Wims blocking somebody, and it just so happened they had their back to him at the same time. So automatic flag uh, on Javon Wims for that one. So even though I'm griping, we played a fantastic half. Aside from that first drive that was nine minutes long and 17 plays, the Bears' defense has been showing up. Uh, we've been making the plays necessary to stop the Cowboys. We have a 17-7 to lead, and we start with the football. Can we make it six out of seven or hell even just go say seven out of the last seven weeks where we score at least one touchdown in the third quarter? If we do, if we can come out in the second half with that opening drive because we start with the ball and put it in the end zone, I think this thing could be over. We're up 17-7, we'd be up 24-7, and we would probably would have zapped all of the Cowboys' energy at that point. So everything looks good right now. Hopefully we can be the third quarter Warriors that we've been all year long and really make it count and really put the Cowboys away. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. We came out in the third quarter, took that opening drive in there for a touchdown and put us up 24 to 7 on this team. And then you start seeing on the sidelines, Jason Witten is out there screaming at people and you're looking at long faces and slumped shoulders while guys are sitting on the bench. You know, they got that thousand yard stare where they're just kind of looking off into the distance while they're just sitting there. They're not engaged. They're not watching the game or really up on what's going on. They're just kind of sitting there waiting for them to be like, OK, offense, you're back out there. And we're like, all right, and just put their helmets on and walk out there. The, all the life was sucked out of the Cowboys. It was amazing to see the Bears do that to somebody. Now, I'm sure that that's more of 2019 doing that to the Cowboys because of everything they've been, you know, they faced this year. They're 6-6 six and six and and all the rest of that stuff. They're, they're a default playoff team because somebody from the NFC East has to go. And, and right now, they're that team. And they're 
basically setting themselves up to be butchered on wild card weekend because they're going to have to play whoever the fifth seed is. And right now the five seed is the second place finisher in the NFC West. Last week that would have been the Seahawks. This week it's the 49ers because the Seahawks hold the tiebreaker over San Francisco. They would get eaten alive. It would be a massacre. Like they'd have to put the 49ers in jail for what they do to the Cowboys in that wild card game in Dallas. I mean, it just it would be butchering. There's no way the Cowboys would show up for that game. I just don't I just don't see it. So but you see all the infighting and all of the talk about how, you know, Jason Garrett's job is all but gone and and Troy Aikman talking about like but the thing is, they can't fire him now because who on this staff would you want to be the interim coach? Who's who's good enough? Who's got a resume that's impressive enough to lead this team through the last three games and possibly a wild card game in the first round if they just if they, you know, by default win the division uh, this season. So they might as well just hang on to Garrett, let him finish out the run and then have him pack up his suitcase after after they lose in the wild card, because I don't think anybody's going to catch uh, the Cowboys. It's certainly possible. I just don't see it happening. But, um, you know, it was encouraging to see the Bears, to, to see some life in them that we haven't seen for a while, to see that extra gear we haven't seen from the Bears in a long time either. I know the Cowboys are lousy tacklers, and I think the Bears knew that going in because there was a couple of times like that play that they missed on Anthony Miller where, where we, we got called back because of the quote-unquote block in the back on Javon Wims such a bogus call man and then they missed the face mask call on him was he caught the ball like I said about four yards short of the sticks and he fought his way to uh, a first down he broke a tackle made a move on a guy and dove for the first down and he got it very much like how he did uh in the uh in the in to end the third quarter yeah the opening drive in the third quarter was a touchdown uh to Anthony Miller we'll get to that in a second but um you know, there's a, there was a lot of extra effort there uh, today. There wasn't this um, this thing that we've seen from our receivers all year, which is catch and then immediately go to the ground. Catch, go to the ground. We had some yak today. Had a lot of yak urchin, not today, but Thursday. Thursday night. I mean, J.P. Holtz in the second quarter, I didn't even talk about it. We actually executed a beautiful tight end screen to J.P. Holtz that went for 30 yards or something like that. Like, J.P. Holtz ended up being the leading receiver as far as yardage was concerned i mean he only had 56 yards um but mitch spread the ball around a lot i mean javon wims had catches anthony miller uh a rob and you know uh jp horstead got a catch in there uh as well uh, but as far as yardage jp holtz's two catches were good for like 50 something yards and he led the team uh in receiving yards here let me see if i can pull it up real quick yeah, receiving yards. Yeah, J.P. holds three catches, 56 yards with a long of 30. Allen Robinson had five catches for 48 yards in the two touchdowns. Anthony Miller, three catches, 42 yards. But are you hearing this? Three catches, 42 yards. That's 14 yards a catch and the touchdown. J.P. Horstead, four catches, 36 yards. So nine yards a catch for J.P. Horstead. Uh, Cordell Patterson, I'll talk about that in a minute he made a move in the third quarter and i talk about it in the reaction so i'll wait until after that he made a move it was it was so sweet as soon as he made the move i knew he was getting the first down he made a sweet move and got it was so it was so pretty my favorite play of the whole night quite frankly it really really was so but it's like anybody who was catching the ball was catching it for significant yardage there really wasn't a whole lot of that 
you know, Mitch hitting somebody three yards in the flat and them turning it into something or only getting an extra yard or two. We were getting the ball downfield. Now, we weren't taking big chunks and everything downfield. A lot of it was yards after catch that we were making the catch at five and getting three or four more yards after that. So it was a good thing to see a lot more effort from the receivers and it really produced. I mean, we scored 31 legit points. We didn't get help from special teams or defense or anything like that. So like I said, let's talk about this third quarter uh, knee jerk reaction, because this is where we kind of put, uh, put the knife in and kind of twisted it on the Cowboys. <laughs> knee jerk reaction, third quarter bears and Cowboys. And for the sixth time in seven games, the bears took the opening drive of the third quarter in for a touchdown and Anthony Miller, uh, Screen pass. I mean, the thing that's really blown me away tonight, and is, and I hate to sound like a dick about this, but it just, it's, it looks like the Bears actually practiced this week, that we actually watched film. Because not only do the Bears look prepared for everything the Cowboys are throwing at them, they're actually executing. Like these, those, those, uh, those jet sweeps, or not jet sweep, but those, those, uh, those quick screens to the outside that never ever work because nobody ever blocks that's the touchdown play that anthony miller scored you got the three on three at the wide receiver and the two receivers out there on the on the defenders those guys get blocked anthony miller makes one guy miss and scores the touchdown from about 10 yards out but the execution from the offense has been outstanding cordell patterson on that opening drive had an amazing run i mean it looked like they had him dead to rights he makes one move and turn what was supposed to be maybe a five yard gain on third and nine into like a big 30 yard play that moved the chains for the bears and helped them extend the drive and score that touchdown so the bears have been executing like crazy unfortunately on this last drive david montgomery's uh you know will to not die on a running play actually worked against him he got stood up by the defense as he's trying to push for extra yards. The ball got stripped out of his hands, and the Cowboys recovered it. And right now, the Cowboys are on the drive, you know, the ensuing drive from that play, uh, from that fumble recovery. They're at the two-yard line right now. It's fourth and one as we start the fourth quarter. Garrett and company are down by 17. They need a touchdown. Will they take the points and go for the field goal, or will they try to score the touchdown and or pin the Bears back if they don't make it. It's 24 to 7 going into the fourth quarter. And hopefully this isn't one of those, you know, just when you thought it was safe to hope again situations. And I got to come back pissed after the fourth quarter is over. Thank God in heaven that it wasn't. I did not come back pissed after the fourth quarter. The Bears were able to uh, not only uh, hold the Cowboys off, but add another touchdown uh, in the fourth quarter to make it 31 legitimate points on the top 10 uh, defense uh, in the NFL. And like I said, the um, the Cowboys threw in a lot of guard. Well, I'll, I'll give that one, the one where they, they took the fumble from Montgomery in for a touchdown. So let's say they added 10 garbage points there at the end to make it a 31-24 uh, margin of defeat. But the game was definitely not that close. Anybody who saw it knows the Bears kicked the crap out of the Cowboys uh, on Thursday night. It, and, and that, like I said at the beginning of the show, that's my problem with this victory 
is that everyone's talking about it as it was the like it was something that happened to the Cowboys, not something that the Bears did to the Cowboys. No one wants to talk about. I mean, during the game, of all people, it's like I've I've always kind of been annoyed with the way that Buck and and Aikman call games, but God bless Aikman that he's seen the last two Bear games. Uh, the th- you know he was there for Thanksgiving against Detroit. He was there Thursday night for the Cowboys. He's like, I really like what I've seen from Mitch. I've seen growth. I've seen things, him not doing things that he was doing earlier uh, in the year. Uh, he's starting to look like that franchise quarterback, so maybe it just took all this time for it to finally kind of lock in uh, for him. This is definitely a better win for him tonight than last week's win against the Lions was as far as legitimacy uh, is concerned. And Granted, the Cowboys are struggling, but they've got a talented defense. They've got some good football players on that side of the ball and it's just nobody's talking about how well the bears played or that they dominated or never mind the 31 to 24 score it wasn't that close it was more like oh god the cowboys lost again they've lost three in a row they were six and four now they're six and seven but because they play in the literal worst division in football they're still in first place probably going to get massacred in the wild card round if they stuck stick around uh, and win the division, and uh, Jerry Jones like lost his uh, lost his head on on uh, on sports radio the next morning and was cursing at people and and all the rest of that stuff. But nobody wants to talk about how the well the Bears played and the fact that they've got backups. They've got a backup to the backup playing out there on both sides of the ball. We got backups and stuff, and we still dominated the Cowboys and won a very important game that the Bears. Like the Bears needed that win way more than the Cowboys did. The Cowboys needed it to end a losing streak and to keep momentum. The Bears needed it to stay alive and keep our very slim playoff hopes, you know, off of life uh, life support. Uh, you know, we don't want our playoff hopes on life support. We want to keep them alive and well. The heart is still beating. I don't know if we went from three percent to five percent or whatever the percentages are, but. We're definitely in a better spot than we were going into that game. And we certainly look like a team that would be able to play in the postseason if we made it, as opposed to how we looked prior uh, to this season. We're like, man, I wouldn't want to see the Bears in the playoffs and get murdered by somebody uh, out there, especially in the NFC. We'd be playing somebody tough in the opening round. It's like, I don't know, man. I don't want to see that. So, yeah, uh, the, we actually look like a team that would be able to hang in the playoffs and that's probably what's going to suck if we lose a game and we don't make the playoffs here in these next few weeks to, to think about how well this team played at the end and, and everything it's you'd like to think that we wouldn't want to carry that momentum into 2020 and, and have it you know sustain us and all that but the hell with that man this season ends we've got at least two or three losses on the on the schedule that we should have won. We should have held on against the Raiders. We should have made the last. I mean, let's not even talk about the field goal for Panero against the Chargers. We should have scored way more than 19 or 16 points or whatever the hell it was. Uh, yeah, 16 points against the the Chargers. We should have won that game by two touchdowns. Uh, you know, like yesterday, Thursday's offense would have finished those drives against the Chargers as opposed to what they did against the the, the Cowboys. I mean, we would have been able to. To, to win that game if Thursday night's team is the team that we would have seen all year long. So uh, I guess that's what's kind of kind of make it a bitter pill to swallow uh, in the end if the Bears don't make the playoffs. And, and we finish in a flourish the way that we've been playing the last few weeks 
where you know Mitch looks sharper, like the game maybe is actually finally slowing down uh, for him. You know, it, it just he's looked a lot better, and I haven't really even talked about the fact that his feet have been a major factor, were a major factor in the Cowboy uh, game. You know, and even so, the touchdown we scored in the fourth quarter, man. And actually, I'll leave that to the knee jerk reaction because I made a, a, a funny point uh, about Mitch scoring that touchdown. So. Let's get to the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction and get this bad boy wrapped up. Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Cowboys, and we pulled it off. The Cowboys answer with a touchdown, or they finish that drive. Um, This has been like the longest fourth quarter ever, by the way. I mean, I swear to God, there were 18 minutes, not 15, in this stinking quarter. It's like it was never going to end. But nonetheless... The Cowboys scored on that drive to finish up from the two-yard line. And then the Bears immediately answer. I mean, and it was there was there were two moments that let you know that it was our night. It absolutely was our night. On the on the first play, Mitch lasers one in to Allen Robinson. A throw that on any other night Mitch would have had picked off. Not only does it get through to Robinson, but Robinson catches it for a first down. So Mitch got away with one. Okay. On the very next play, (laughs) Mitch runs it in from 23 yards out for a touchdown. It's like, that's how you know it's our night. Mitch gets away with a mistake of a throw, gets it to Robinson for a first down, and then he himself runs it in with some garbage tackling from the Cowboys for a 23-yard touchdown to put us up 31-14 to at the time, I believe. But, uh, you know, the Cowboys came back, put some points on the board late, so the final score ends up being 31-24. to But this game wasn't that close. From what I understand, this is typical of the Cowboys' offense. This is typical as to why they're statistically the number one offense in the NFL is because they put a lot of yardage on the board late in football games there are six and seven team now so half their games they've been losing probably racking up yards at the end of the game in situations like this you know legitimately the bears won this game like 31 to 17 31 to 14 whatever it was and uh but the final score ends up being 31 24 this game was not that close so an outstanding performance uh from the bears in a game we absolutely had to have you know now we've got a three-game winning streak and all the confidence in the world because we just put up 31 legitimate points. 31 legitimate points scored by the offense. We didn't get any help from special teams or uh, you know uh, defense or anything like that. The offense put all the points on the board tonight. 31 legitimate points against the number eight defense in the NFL. Now we go on the road. It's a rematch and a revenge game with the Packers and we could be getting an all-important piece in Akeem Hicks back on defense next Sunday as well. Didn't think this Week 15 game would mean a damn thing going into it with the way things have been going the last month and a half, but this is going to be a very, very important game on Sunday, and the Bears are in the right mind frame to get it done. So it's going to be a long 10 days waiting to get back 
on the field and to see the Bears play at Lambeau. Just like it was a long 10-day wait from that disaster against Green Bay week one before we saw them on, you know, before we could get them back on the field week two against the Broncos to see if they could redeem themselves. Spoiler alert, they didn't really. I mean, they won the game, but come on. Anyway, it's going to be a long 10 days to get to Lambeau next Sunday to see how the Bears uh, uh, handle it. You know, will they be able to step up again and take out the the Green Bay Packers? Will they be able to avenge not just the loss, but their performance in that first game? Because as savage as the Green Bay Packers defense looked in that first game, turns out they're lousy against the run. They're not that great of a defense or haven't um, shown to be as the season has progressed. Now, I guess maybe people have, uh, you know, uh, teams have kind of figured them out and uh, and what have you. Nonetheless, they're still a nine and three football team uh, going into this uh, going into this weekend. They have the Redskins this weekend. Boy, did the schedule work out for Green Bay, man. <laughs> the Giants last week, the Redskins this week. They get the Bears at home for their last home game next week. It's uh yeah, traditionally that's not been a good place for us, but uh, hopefully we turn it into a house of horrors for Green Bay uh, next Sunday. Wouldn't that just be fantastic? Oh, God, that would be so sweet to win that game. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's enjoy this Cowboy win just a little bit more. Let's use the extra time that we have between games to just milk this for what it was. It was our signature win of 2019 so far. You know, our best performance of the year and for all our belly aching about uh you know going after the the detroit win we got six wins there's only two of them that we can feel good about we can feel damn good uh about this one like i was saying there in, in the reaction i mentioned it earlier today or earlier in the show 31 legitimate points this was a legit win against you know a good defense a good football team the cowboys are talented they're just having an off year just like we are we're way more talented than seven and six, and even with the way that we would we have been playing, we should be at least nine and four right now. We should have, uh, like I said, we should have held off against Oakland. We should have made the field goal against the Chargers. We should be three and zero going into our uh, AFC West finale next Sunday or two Sundays from now uh, against the Chiefs, seeing if we can sweep the AFC again. But it just. Uh, it hasn't worked that way for us this season, so we're in the spot that we're in. We're, we're, we're struggling to keep our playoff hopes alive. We're, we're struggling to keep a pulse uh, in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, we're playing much better football right now. You can see a level of confidence there. Maybe Nagy has just been like, you know what, to hell with it. Let's let Mitch run the football instead of trying to make him a stone-cold pocket passer, which he struggled with all year up to this point. And, and, and see what happens. And the defense has been stepping up despite the fact that we had guys dropping like flies uh, in this game. You heard me mention Roquan uh, went down. Javon Wims got hurt. That's an offensive player, of course. But Roy Robertson-Harrison left the game. We played without Prince of Mukamura. Uh, we, obviously, we're, we're already without Danny Trevathan uh, and everything. So it's been a struggle. And we still held firm. And we still uh, held the Cowboys in check until the game was out of reach and let them have their garbage points and their garbage yards uh, at the end. Whatever helps them make themselves feel better, we've already got this thing in the bag and it's over with. So, you know, kudos to the Bears for for their best performance of the year by far. By far. On offense, on defense, it was the best that they've played uh, as a whole. A complete team win. No special teams gaffes or anything 
uh, like that. Even though we didn't get the calls that we wanted, um, everything else was coming up bears uh, on Thursday night, and we come away with a very important win, one that we had to have, one that makes this game against Lambo or against the Green Bay Packers in Lambo next Sunday uh, significant. You know, uh, they'll be the Packers will be in the same spot next Sunday that the Bears were in a year ago, which is basically if we win, our playoff hopes stay alive. We live to fight another day, so on and so forth. If the Packers win, they won't clinch the division. There's not enough space between them and Minnesota. But if the Packers win, they will basically be eliminating us uh, from the playoffs. As in, because I think if we can lose a game, we can afford to lose against Kansas City. We can't afford to lose against Green Bay or Minnesota, and we we can't take we can't suffer any more conference losses so if we can afford to lose a game and keep our playoff hopes alive at the same time it's got to be kansas city we got to be green bay we got to beat minnesota and and pray for help that's what we got to do uh there so we have to have the game against green bay and green bay knows that they know that if basically if they win that we're done even at seven and seven we you know we wouldn't mathematically be out of it but we'd pretty much be done uh if we lose next sunday so big 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 game uh, for our beloved, and as I mentioned in the reaction, Akeem Hicks has been practicing. He could be back. He sounds like somebody that's chomping at the bit to get himself out there, and I think he would provide a huge boost to the defense, not just in productivity, but in confidence as well, to have one of their captains, one of their leaders, one of their studs back out on the field, and I think it could uh I can't wait. I can't wait. And like I said, I hope we're not setting ourselves up for the fall to get excited for a Bears-Packers uh, matchup, but I got a good feeling about this one. I really do. Mitch is playing his best football right now. The offense seems to have figured it out. You know, by They, they beat up on a couple of weak links in, in, in Detroit and in, in, in New York in the last two weeks and then really put it into practice against the Cowboys. Let's see if they can do it against the, uh, the Packers and bring this bad boy home you know what i mean so uh anyway that is going to do it for the week 14 review an outstanding victory for our beloved and um you know it's been a while since i've probably sound this peppy after a victory i'm very happy with our beloved right now very happy with we're playing like in this in this stretch we needed to be playing our best ball and we are right now we really are so i'm looking forward to next sunday against the packers to see if we can keep it going I'm really excited. So um, anyway, that's going to do it. Let's move on to uh, final thoughts. Bear up and bear down. But first, <coughs> this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our friends at Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence where it counts. So listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color, brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra, and Cialis, everybody's favorite bathtub pill. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready when the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. 
Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Once again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Now let's get back to the show. Final thoughts, bear up and bear down for the week 14 review episode of the Bear Stock Underground. And um, just a couple of things uh, as we go into this nice break. Uh, you won't be hearing from me again unless something earth-shattering happens until next Friday when we have our friend Evan Western from Acme Packing Company back on the show to preview week 15 between the Bears and the Packers. It's going to be a big game next Sunday. Um, but um, keep an eye on the injury report. I mean, we probably won't start hearing anything until next Tuesday or Wednesday as far as um, who's going to be practicing and getting ready and who's on the injury report and and whatnot, but Aaron Lynch went down with an injury. Roy Robertson Harris left the game. Um, you know, obviously Prince of Mukamura missed the game with a hamstring. Will it keep him out uh, for another game as well? Javon Wims. I'm hearing that the knee injury is minor. There's no torn ACL, so we didn't lose him. But will he be able to rebound uh, in ten days and come back against the Packers? Uh, of course, Roquan Smith. Um, that already doesn't sound good. I mean, in the post-game comments uh, by Nagy, he says it does not look good for him. So, I mean, we may be he may be done uh, for the season right now, and they just haven't officially uh, announced it yet. But, you know, with Bear Up and Bear Down coming down, I actually want to throw in Roquan wasn't on the list initially, but after hearing um, comments post-game from guys like Eddie Jackson and such, Eddie Jackson said that um, – Roquan Smith actually hurt himself earlier uh, in the game than when he finally came out. Like the, I think it, it happened on the opening touchdown drive, and Javon, or excuse me, Roquan hurt himself on that touchdown drive, and um, he was the last person to have contact with Ezekiel Elliott as he scored. And I think um, if I'm if I remember correctly, Eddie Jackson said that um, Roquan said. Something's not right. I think I hurt myself, but I'm not coming out of the game yet. And he finished the drive, and that was the last that we saw of him. And, um, you know, that's where, we, where we'll talk about the guys that stepped up here uh, in just a minute. But, uh, you know, bear up to Roquan for gutting it out and, uh, you know, trying to be there for your teammates and try to put a, put a stop to what the, the Cowboys were trying to do to us uh, there. But the health of this football team took a blow on Thursday for sure. Um, we're, we, you know, this break could help us get some guys back. Taylor Gabriel could be back. Ben Broniker, uh, you know, might be out of concussion protocol, uh, by then, uh, you know, we'll also have, uh, see, like I said, Javon Wims and, and Prince of Mukamura and, and obviously Akeem Hicks, that's going to be big, uh, as well, especially the bears activate him and put him back on the squad or put him back on the active roster. I should say, activate him from IR, uh, and whatnot. That'll be huge. Uh, as well so the injury report this week is going to be very very uh, interesting Uh, it was nice to see the team play the way that they did it was like 2018 uh, all over again the confidence that you saw that Mitch uh, was playing with the confidence that we saw 
uh, with the defense and just the level of execution with the way that we ran plays. We didn't look sloppy and disorganized the way that we have uh, during a lot uh, of this season. Unfortunately, we look sharp uh, against the Cowboys. Hopefully that's something that carries on and it's something that just finally clicked through. Uh, We really helped out the defense a lot on offense uh, this week. It was something that I tweeted uh, was like it looks like with the guys. Uh, I think the comment was like it, with the people that we were, you know, we'd already lost a couple of players on defense at that point. It's like with the way that guys keep falling out on defense, our best defense is going to be a, a good offense, long sustained drives to keep our defense on the field uh, as little as possible uh, tonight. And I'll be damned if we didn't do that uh, on offense uh, against the uh, against the Cowboys. We helped the defense a lot. Very few three and outs. We didn't. Uh, I mean, Pat O'Donnell didn't punt for the first time until somewhere in the middle of the third quarter. And uh, I think he punted maybe five times throughout the night. But we only had, I think, one or two three and outs on Thursday. That's helping your defense. That's, you know, even if you don't score points, keep them off the field, move the chains a time or two, take some time off that that clock before you put your defense out there, try to keep them uh, as fresh as possible. And our offense did that, and it was nice to see uh, a level of confidence from the team that we haven't seen all year, uh, quite frankly. So, and then, uh, you know, another big thing in the game was that the Bears won the field position battle all night long. Uh, literally all night long, the Bears won the field position battle. I mean, it started on the first possession with a good turn, good return from Cordell Patterson. We're starting at like our own 35 or 40 yard line. Um, I think the worst field position that we started with all night was actually on that fourth quarter touchdown drive. Uh, it was uh, after the Cowboys scored to make it 24 to 14. Uh, they kick it off to us and Cordero Patterson takes it back to like the 26, but a holding penalty brought it back to the 16. It just ended up being an 84 yard touchdown drive for us. But that was the worst field position that we played in all night long that was the that was as bad as it got it was the cowboys that were always playing on the back half uh, of their own territory all night long and they as they struggled to get something going beyond that first touchdown drive at the beginning of the game but field position battle was huge for the bears and they were winning it all night long and that was huge uh ended up playing a big role uh in the game and then kudos to the Bears themselves and and an early bear up to Ryan Pace uh, because our depth was on display uh, Thursday night. You know, Kevin Tolliver starting for Prince of Mukamura had to guard, you know, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup who were having outstanding seasons thus far. You know, they got their catches and their yards later on in the game when it had already been decided for the most part. They weren't factors uh, in the game. Uh, Nick Williams, uh, you know, did some damage. Uh, in the ball game, our starting linebackers at the end of the game were Nick Kwiatkowski and Kevin Pierre Lewis because Trevathan's been out for a few weeks, and obviously Roquan went down uh, in the middle of the game uh, there. Javon Wims doing things. Riley Ridley made some catches. Cordell Patterson played a little bit of tight end. He was a blocking tight end on a couple of plays uh, as well. Speaking of tight ends, J.P. Holtz, Jesper Horstead, you know, these were guys, A, that weren't on the active roster when the season started and weren't going to be looked upon as somebody that, that would be needed to contribute, and they all stepped up. Not to mention guys like Cornelius Lucas and Rashad Coward. The offensive line was very, very good against the Cowboys on Thursday night. 
uh, as well. So our depth was on display. Our scouting was on display Thursday night, and a lot of these guys stepped up and and played a, a role in the victory in a game that we absolutely uh, had to have. So let's move on to bear up and uh, and bear down. And right off the bat, the good news is the only bear down I have is more of an honorable mention than anything else. As a matter of fact, the player that I'm putting on honorable mention made the bear up list. So uh, bear up to Anthony Miller, outstanding game uh, from him as well. It really seems like it's he's starting to uh, become a bigger part of the offense, like maybe it's finally lasering him, lasering in for him uh, as well. But he gets an honorable mention for bear down because in the fourth quarter, and I think it was before the uh, the last touchdown drive that uh, it was a third down play, and Mitch uh, throws a pass to Anthony Miller who drops it. It would have been a first down uh, if he catches it. It would have it would have extended the drive. It would have killed more clock and even maybe prevented that last touchdown uh, from the Cowboys um, and, and and made it more of a truer uh, final score. Uh, to how the game actually went as opposed to the the farce that is the 31-24 final scores. Because, it, like I said before, it does not tell the story of how dominant a win this was uh, for the Bears on Thursday. So uh, it was only it was a it was a key moment in the game that, uh, you know, kind of allowed the Cowboys to take one more chance, you know, an onside kick at the end of the game before we could finally cement uh, the deal there. But uh other than that, I don't have a stone-cold bear down for anybody uh, in this game, which speaks huge to how the game actually went for us. So let's dig into it. We already got Anthony Miller, bear up Allen Robinson, two touchdown catches, uh, another uh, handful of uh, yards there. Let's see, 48 yards on the five catches uh, on Thursday. Bear up to J.P. Holtz, who I mentioned before, was our leading receiver in terms of yardage uh, on Thursday, three catches, 56 yards. That tight end screen was a thing of beauty. And watching him rumble down the field and get those uh, points or yardage uh, was beautiful. And he also made a really nice catch down the seam earlier uh, in the first quarter on the opening drive. He made a catch for like 19 yards uh, as well. Looked really good. Like maybe this is something he should have been doing a lot sooner than what he has been uh, thus far. Bear up to David Montgomery. 20 carries, 86 yards, an outstanding job running the football for us. Uh, you know, took uh, one of the guys that really took advantage of the fact that the Cowboys are not the best tacklers. I mean, and it got him into trouble, like I said, at the end of the third quarter there. That never-say-die attitude of his got the ball stripped off of him, uh, became a touchdown drive for the Cowboys. But for the most part, he made that never-say-die mentality of his, bouncing off one guy, digging for the extra yard and such, count, uh, you know, turning what would have been a two-yard drive in the past into a five- or a six-yard uh, run, I should say, uh, on Thursday night. So 20 carries, 86 yards, 4.3 yards per carry uh, on Thursday. Uh, bear up to Khalil Mack, who had one of those effort sacks, man. He just like nipping at the heels of uh, Dak Prescott, just getting after him, getting after him, and then finally nipping the heel. Because if he, if uh, Dak gets away, he probably runs for the first down. It was like third and three, and Khalil Mack got after him, uh, was able to make the sack and, and kill another Cowboy drive. Now these next handful of guys, um, it goes to what one of my, my last point there was about the Bears putting their depth on display. Bear up to Kevin Pierre-Lewis, 
who was a monster for the Bears uh, on Thursday night. That guy was absolutely everywhere. Bear up Nick Kwiatkowski, a guy that's really stepped up. He stepped up earlier for Roquan in the Minnesota game and has been a damn good player, even in coverage as well. It seems that he's improving in his pass coverage because that was kind of his Achilles, Achilles heel coming into the season. Maybe he's used some of that time on the uh, on the I don't want to say practice squad, but on the uh, scout team, being the scout team defense for our offense this year. He's used uh, some of that practice time to improve his pass coverage uh, ability. Bear up to Kevin Tolliver. Um, bear up to the O-line in general, but especially want to bear up to Cornelius Lucas. I did not want this guy on my football team this year. In fact, I was offended that he made the team over Alex Bars after the way he played in the preseason. He's been our starting right tackle for the last couple of games in place of the injured Bobby Massey. And you haven't heard a word about him, and that's what you want from an offensive lineman. You don't want to know they're out there until you start hearing about uh, either, you know, maybe an analyst will dig out a good block that a that a player made, or if you start hearing his names, false starts and holding penalties and nothing like that. He has been the nameless offensive tackle the last couple of weeks, and the offensive line in general gets a bear up. They did very very well. Eighty six yards rushing for. Uh, Montgomery another 63 yards for Mitch and a rushing touchdown uh, as well the offensive line in general was outstanding on Thursday night and uh, you know I, I want to give a bear up specifically to Cornelius Lucas just because like I said I didn't want that guy on my team but I'm glad he was on my team Thursday night because he played really really well uh, against the Cowboys and then finally um, you know, Matt Nagy, he wants, you know, he's calling better plays or we're just executing them better. Whichever the case is, we looked a lot sharper and a lot better. So that's coaching right there. We finally looked like we were executing. We looked sharp and precise on Thursday, getting the job done. And then finally, uh, bear up Mitch Trubisky. For all the the, the, the venom and, and, and anger and, and maybe even hate that we've tossed that poor kid's way, he has persevered. The Bears stuck with him. That's another reason I want to give Matt Nagy a bear up. He didn't listen to the outside and throw in uh, Chase Daniel. We didn't make a move at the trade deadline for Cam Newton or Nick Foles or whoever the hell Bear fans were fantasizing that we'd get our hands on. 23 of 31, 244 yards and three touchdowns uh, against the Cowboys to go along with 10 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown on the ground with his uh, with those legs that he was so dangerous with last year and that we've seen so little of this year. So over 300 yards total offense for Mitch uh, for the second week in a row. Another three-touchdown performance for Mitch. Four, actually, if you throw in the rushing touchdown. So bear up to Mitch, bear up to Matt for sticking with him and not uh, just conceding that the season was over and giving it over to Chase Daniel and, and murdering what was left uh, of Mitch's confidence and uh you know we're in a good spot we are in a good spot and and we're not happy about being seven and six but it's a seven and six record that you know we needed to be seven and six if we need to, if we can look forward uh at what's left of the season we got the three toughest games on the schedule still left we got Green Bay next Sunday uh Sunday night football against the Chiefs the following Sunday and then our annual finale in Minnesota the Sunday after that. So it's a big, big time for the Bears, and this fourth quarter of the year is going to determine uh, it all. So there you have it, folks. That will do it for the Week 14 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. 
Come back on Friday when we will preview week 15 between the Bears and the Packers. Our good friend Evan Western from SB Nation's Acme Packing Company will be here to uh, help us uh, uh, you know, look into this game and uh, we'll see how the Packers uh, perform against the Redskins who are actually have won like two or three games in a row. I mean, I was listening to the Rich Eisen show the other day and they're talking about how like with the shape that the NFC East is in right now, it's possible that the if the Redskins win out, they could make the playoffs at seven and nine. How insane would that be? So but in order to be seven and nine, they gotta beat the Packers on Sunday. So how awesome would that be for them to beat the Packers on Sunday before they play the Bears? I mean maybe catch the Bears or excuse me, catch the Packers looking forward to the Bear game next Sunday, looking past the Redskins and the Redskins catch them with their pants down. So wouldn't that be something? Go Redskins on Sunday. So anyway, that is going to do it. We'll see you Friday. And until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.